some of the the listeners and viewers of this they know that I do uh, an impression of you. Of course, yeah. And uh, I, I was hoping to do a, a segment where um, Stevo asks Stevo questions. Okay. You hear that? Stevo is on Jeremiah Wonders today. Ooh. This is a fun one. It's different. It's Stevo, so you know it's going to be different than all the other episodes. Yeah, going to share that with you guys very soon. I want to share with you guys what's going on with me, what's going on with my week. Hope you guys had an enjoyable week. Hope you guys had some good, positive things happen to you and to your friends and family and in your life. What's going on with you? This is what's going on with me. I went home and visited my bro and my family back in Kansas City, and I surprised my brother he was actually graduating from college. He uh, got his bachelor's degree in business. And I got to see him walk, and I got to see him in a cap and gown and do the whole ceremony. And it was really cool. My wife and I flew back to Kansas City and uh, surprised him. And surprisingly, my whole family did not leak the secret. So my brother's pretty genuinely surprised. It was, it was a pretty pretty amazing weekend and it was a nice getaway to to just you know reconnect touch back home get those roots feel them again but yeah i had a, I had an awesome time with all my family it's really cool to see all of them on the plane i i watched uh justice league yeah finally <laughs> i know right missed the boat a while ago one thing that i will say a lot of people didn't like that movie I do like the Flash character a lot and hoping that he gets his own spinoff movie. Maybe that's in the works. I don't know, but that's what I got out of that movie. Also, earlier in the week, I was with my boy, Patty Reagan. We are still shooting more bits for the promo video that Rick Kosick is directing and shooting for us, and that is going to be a lot of fun. Feminist Stacy might make an appearance in there. Maybe some of the emo kids, the prisoners... I don't know. There's some. I think that they like Reagan and Watkins, or maybe they dislike them. And there's going to be some testimonials. I'm not really sure what's going on, but Rick uh, is putting it together, and I think it's going to be pretty banging. I was at the Improv with my buddies Josh Adam Myers and Avery Pearson, and we were the house band for Steve Burns' new hour that he was showcasing. And my best wishes and. Uh, Hopefully, good luck vibes go out to Steve Byrne. He was showcasing for some different networks. He ran his hour, and it's really good. It's a it's a late night talk show format where he does all three parts. He does the opening monologue. He does uh, he does uh, the desk, and he does panel. So it's uh, it's pretty cool, pretty cool concept. So I'm hoping that that uh, works out for him. That'd be cool because uh, me, Avery, and Josh would be able to be able to uh, be the house band for that as well. So that could be cool. And my buddy Joel Jimenez, he and his dad took me and helped me get registration and tags for my car. I was, you know, in the market for looking for a car, but I keep going out of town and I can't really afford a new car right now. So it kind of worked out where they hooked me up with getting some new tags and found a place that could do it without me having to stand in line forever at the DMV. However, I do have to go to the DMV and stand in line to get that California driver's license. I've been putting that off for literally 
over eight years. <laughs> so, yeah, gotta 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 do that. So your boy's looking forward to that. That's gonna be some some wild business later this week. But yeah, Stevo, the one and only Stevo from Jackass is on the show today. We'll get to that in a second. Want to get to the sponsors of the show really quick? Badmirror.tv. Check them out. Go to at Badmirror TV on Twitter. What is it, Jeremiah? Well, Badmirror is a crowd-powered, personalized video broadcasting platform connecting local and global communities. Ready to find your local awesome? Just go to the website. Check it out. That helps me out a lot. Or go to their Facebook page. Give it a like. Bronxborn Pizza at Bronxborn Pizza in Bend, Oregon. Thomas Schiffer, what up, man? People are loving the videos that we're putting out for this podcast. At Bronxborn Pizza is 100% responsible for that. Hook me up with the laptop and the equipment and the camcorder and lights and everything to get that video going. And now the videos come out every single Wednesday. So the podcast drops on Mondays. Video drops on YouTube, youtube.com slash Jeremiah Watkins, or you can go to jeremiahwatkins.tv and check that out there on Wednesdays. Yeah, for those videos. And then Speedweed, my buddy Gino always hooking up the Speedweed, delivering that LA Speedweed. Speedweed is the weed that you need because it's speedy and you need it and you got to get that weedy. <laughs> Speedweedy. Speedweed. Uh, yeah. I always talk about Gino. He supports the, the comedy community. Good dude. Check him out. You've heard him on the Joe Rogan experience. Do it up if you into that. I want to get into the kindness challenge. People have been digging that. A lot of people have been writing in. A lot of people have been updating me with their weeks. I was joking on my Instagram earlier in the week, uh, over the weekend. My sister, she kept begging me to put my hair in braids. And I was like, no, I don't want to let you do that. I'm tender-headed. I'm just going to say it. I am a wuss whenever it comes to, you know, putting my hair in like different braids or ponytails or whatever. It freaking hurts your boy. Your boy is tender-hearted and even more so tender-headed. I told her that was going to be my kindness challenge for the week, letting her do that. And people are like, oh, that's not, that's not good enough. It was just a joke, guys. <laughs> your boy is trying to do more than uh, just uh, give joy to his sister by letting her braid his golden hair but I but I let her do it and then um I was glad I did it hurt really freaking bad but the amount of laughs and joy that she got out of it and then I started rocking it and feeling I started feeling myself feeling myself with these braids 90s juggaloing it up you know <laughs> yeah what up but I I got an interesting letter from actually a comedian this week uh, I don't know what he, he sounds like. I don't know what he looks like. So I wondered what he would sound like if he actually read this letter into the show. So I'm going to read that as what I think he might sound like. Hey, Jeremiah. I love what you're doing with the podcast, and I'm glad it's on video now. Also, congrats on the promotion at Kill Tony. Anyway, I want to share a small act of kindness of mine. Some people may disagree with me, but I felt right doing it. I'm a relatively new comedian in a relatively small college-ish town. Last night at Nope Mike, there was a new comic performing his second stand-up set ever. His first set was three weeks ago, and he had a set that went horrible. It absolutely bombed, and some of his material came off as punching down, and some people were offended. 
right after that a female comedian who he had apparently insulted earlier in the night took the stage and spent her entire five minutes set roasting him he became the target of callbacks throughout the rest of the show and even late into the night he was slammed on facebook Regardless of what his material was that day, I didn't feel good about the way everyone ganged up on him. And I don't want our town to be a place where people are too afraid to try comedy because they don't want to get attacked by comedians who have been around a bit longer. I also realized it was his second time on stage. We can't expect him to not step even slightly out of bounds when trying new material. So I reached out to him on Facebook. I added him as a friend and soon as I did, he messaged me defensively saying he didn't want any hate. I just told him I understood that he was new at comedy, gave him some friendly advice that he seemed to take well. He was very appreciative of the gesture, and I felt better about things going forward. It was a small thing, but I'm sure it made a difference to him. I hope he takes a lesson and learns how to punch up instead of down and be funnier than he is edgy. If so, I'll have done an act of kindness for the comedy scene as well. Much love, Nate Hulk. Thanks, Nate Hulk, for writing into the show. You can follow Nate at Nate Hulk on Twitter or Instagram. Yeah, it doesn't matter how big the gesture is. It's more the thought putting that positivity and kindness out into the atmosphere, out into the ether, whatever you want to call it, out into uh, your your environment, your surroundings, and it's going to come back towards you twice fold, you know? I love that. I love little things like that. Uh, that, that guy's new to comedy. He's probably feeling like he was being ganged up on, you know? Like he was being bullied around and might have put a real bad taste in his mouth. It's more about reaching out to somebody and, and being like, hey... I see that you're struggling. I've been there before. I can relate. I'm going to help you out. That's what's freaking cool about that. I like that a lot. So, Nate, good job. Keep up the good work, my friend. Ooh, yes, 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 yes. This uh, this episode of Jeremiah Wonders is not your typical episode, for sure. There was not many call-ins. Uh, with Steve-O, uh, he brought his buddy, Scott Randolph, who's a surprise guest on the show. I actually didn't know that he was coming, but it was cool that he showed up. But that definitely affected uh, the call-ins because I have a very specific microphone set up so we can call into the show and stuff like that. So it's a little bit different. There wasn't a pizza party <laughs> because uh, Steve-O is vegan. And I called up Joe's and I asked if he could make a vegan pizza. <laughs> And he said he could make a cauliflower, a cauliflower crust and a vegan cheese. And I was like, well, uh, what about like the dough? And he's like, Jeremiah, you're changing my whole philosophy. No, I don't. I don't know. I'm not going to change my dough for, you know, the customers. No. I was like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> didn't want to offend you. So we did not do pizza party and we didn't do... Uh, we, we and we didn't get too many questions from the fans. There were so many good questions, but Steve had to run a little bit early. I only had him for a little bit of time. I only got to a few of the questions. But what I will say is that we had uh, some great talks about uh, his recently found sobriety. He's been sober for ten years now, and uh, he's doing this cool thing called uh, his bucket list, and it's stunts that he's been working on that he's never. He's never done that. He's always wanted to do, and that's what it, this bit, next big project that he's working on. And it's a pretty epic and gross sax talk at the end. It might be one of the weirdest sax talks, which I think our listeners will enjoy. So, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of audio buzz in some parts of the podcast. My apologies. I tried to take it out. I don't know uh, if uh, there was a, a cell phone that was too close to it or something, but yeah, but. With all that being said, <laughs> I'm like, eh, it's not the typical show. 
it doesn't matter if it's not the typical show, you know? That's what I like about this show is not one episode, not like any uh, any episode, not two, any two episodes are going to be exactly the same. And, th- and that's what makes the show, for me, fun and exciting and different. I had no idea. I was throwing like a, a little bit of a curveball, but it, it made for a good show. And I think uh, it's a little bit more of an interview-heavy format show uh, for this particular episode, but... I think you guys are going to dig it. It's freaking Steve-O from Jackass. It was such a pleasure and an honor to have him on the show. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. So uh, here is some music that I'm going to play from uh, the band A-E-T-H. I believe it's pronounced Eith. And I'm going to play one of their songs while I read these tour dates. So here we go. Tuesday, May 8th, Stand Up on the Spot. Come see that show. My baby. Stand Up on the Spot with Jeremiah Watkins in the belly room. That's right. Jeff Ross, Tom Segura, Rory Scovel, Theo Vaughn, Court McCown, Deborah DiGiovanni, and your boy. That's a freaking fire lineup. That show's almost sold out. Get your tickets. If you've never seen that show live, you got to come see it. got to come see that show. It's so much freaking fun. It's comedians doing material they've never done before based on your suggestions. So it's pretty dope. Thursday, May 10th, I'm headlining the Rec Room in Huntington Beach. Your boy's headlining. I don't get to do that around L.A. very often. So if you live in the area or if you want to drive a little bit, I'm making the drive. Come see that show. That's going to be a freaking dope show. My buddy Omar Nava, fresh off the CBS Diversity Showcase, writing for that, will be uh, featuring for me. And my buddy Justin Alexio, who you've heard on The Building Years, if you go deep into this Jeremiah Wonders feed. Friday, May 11th, your boy is with the Kill Tony group. All of those boys. Las Vegas, yeah. We doing a Kill Tony show and we're doing a stand-up show. So come to that. Tuesday, May 15th, Reagan Watkins is hopefully finishing the album. It's our last slotted studio time up in Ventura. Cannot wait to share that with you guys. Ooh, got some oh, got some great sketches on there that, that we're finalizing and some songs. Some songs that you've probably never even heard live before or some that you uh, have forgotten about that you're like, oh yeah, that's going on the album? Heck yeah, let's freaking do this. We're aiming to release that in July. We'll see what we can do with that. May 17th through 19th, I'll be featuring for the Golden Pony, Tony Hinchcliffe, the San Francisco Punchline. So San Francisco, come out for that. The Golden Pony and the Golden Goose riding together again. We're also doing a Kill Tony that weekend, so check that out. Those are the dates for the tour for May. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. If you want to sponsor this podcast, email me at yourboyjeremiahwatkins at gmail.com. Or if you have any interest in sending in a letter for the Kindness Challenge or sending in your band's original music, I think you're going to appreciate this episode. Without further ado, please welcome to the show, Steve-O on Jeremiah Wonders. Okay, it's, so we start now? We start now, dude. All right, let's go. Yeah, welcome to uh, Jeremiah Wonders. Thanks so much for coming on the show, man. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, it's uh, I, I, I admire and respect you. Oh, thanks, dude. Yeah, dude. Uh-huh. Yeah. I've, I've always enjoyed your presence. It's been uh, it's been cool getting to know you uh, through uh, the comedy store and uh, yeah, dude. through cool, Kill Tony man. and uh, and you've done stand up on the spot my my improvised uh-huh. stand up show a couple times yeah you're actually one of my my favorite uh, performers on that show but when people ask me like who who are your your some of your favorite guys that you've had on 
and you're always one of the names that I say. Well, thank you, man. Yeah, you, you're one of those guys who, are, um, if you've never seen the show, um, comics take suggestions from the audience and yell out words. And and Steve is one of those guys who you just have a story, or you, like you're. I like the way your brain works and takes you kind of from A to C. So it's kind of cool to see. Well, I appreciate it, brother. Yeah, man. And we're also joined by another friend of yours, uh, Scott Randolph. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah dude. Let's Scott Randolph, international star in his own right. Yeah. Wow, He's high a club member. Oh, nice. We bring that up just a little bit to your... Uh... Testing. testing. Yeah. <laughs> a Mile High Club member. That's so great. Like, who isn't a Mile High Club member, right? Except the thing is with Scott, he he got laid in his seat. <laughs> With someone who he met after getting on the airplane. What? That's the fucking most legendary shit can, ever. Can you explain how you're just a G and that just happens It's basically to you? on camera, everything except the actual act. Yeah, well, I mean, I was sitting and in... The chick was so hot, too. She was so hot. <laughs> so hot. She was unbelievable. And, and yeah, I'll, I'll never forget it. It's on camera. Like, yeah, we're walking out. I'm filming myself walk, walk uh, onto this plane. We had business class in on British Airways, which means that, like, the, the aisle seats have the aisle, and then the middle section have seats that uh, are, are next to each other and with partitions. And I didn't want to have a random stranger sitting next to me, you know, like the, I wanted that aisle seat. So I'm like on my own partition, you know, like and, and Scott's sitting in my seat when I walk on the airplane. I'm like, what are you doing in my seat, dick? Like uh, or whatever. Like so, so I make him get in the middle section. As soon as he sits down in the middle section, up strolls like the hottest chick that like just smoking hot Venezuela. I mean, dude, so hot. And then she just sits down right next to him. And Scott's like, he gives me this look. It's fucking so funny. And they're just hitting it off. And uh, sure enough, man, like the lights went out, the partitions went up, and uh, the within two hours. Within two it. hours, the like a, an actual boning went down. Dude. Plus, she was raving about the size of his wiener and everything. Like, uh, and it's all on and, camera, and, and you're like, gold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. You're like, we're filming yeah. this, right? And mm -hmm. can I get a copy of this for my reel, too? Most people, they join the Mile High Club with their girlfriend in the bathroom, something like that, you know? Right. I once hunted a girl on an airplane who I met at the gate. You know, Wee Man was talking to her at the gate, and, uh, <laughs> and I, I kind of and, and I swooped in, yeah. That one was a, on a, at, at London's Heathrow Airport, and uh, was Jason pissed? Or did he? Or he, he was he like game recognized game? Ah, uh, he, he he certainly wasn't pissed. Like uh, <laughs> international travel is the best. Dude, that was a fucking flight from uh, London to Nairobi, and it's like you go to Africa, and it's like okay, it's time. It's a good time to cool off on the promiscuity, you know. So. Uh, how, like, how, what was the time frame between well, you pretty, meeting her? It was her? pretty mellow. And, and there weren't a lot of people flying to Nairobi, and it was a large airplane. So there were, like, some five seats in the row in the middle section. Yeah. You know, and uh, and there were empty, full empty sections. So we're like, oh, we'll sit here. And so it was just me and this chick uh, with, like, five seats, you know, and uh, we put a blanket over ourselves. So we were kind of, like, fooling around under the blanket. And it was like, oh, screw it. Let's just go to the bathroom. You know, and Amateur. so we went to the went to the bathroom and <laughs> <laughs> went to the bathroom and boned in there. I remember too thinking it was weird because like I mean I had like rubbers and we put on a rubber and boned, 
but she, but she wouldn't give me a Hummer without a rubber, which I suppose is probably like you know like wise thinking. Like you I gotta it, have a rubber if you gotta get a Hummer from this chick. I I know, dude. I don't get it, man. I remember being like kind of like sad about that you know but like, like hey. i still think about that sometimes <laughs> like, like taking you back like actually you know what there's a place in my heart where i'm very sad still yeah it's raining was... outside it might have been caused from that <laughs> the blowjob that got away right no. <laughs> so how long did it take you to boner from the takeoff oh from the takeoff to the boning like i'm thinking it was reasonably quick <laughs> Yeah, I think it's pretty fucking fast, yeah. Well, you don't have to use condoms anymore because you just actually came right. from getting a vasectomy. Well, no, I got the vasectomy uh, like the first week of March. Okay, so oh, like so this that. was the test to see if they were Correct. still swimmers yeah. or not. Yeah, I've had this idea forever, and it's, it's like... Uh, you know, an old idea. I had to get a vasectomy and and uh, do a bunch of dumb stuff and get get hit in the nuts and you know like like right after the vasectomy, like the ultimate nut shot. Oh. And uh, and fuck, I don't have kids, you know. And my girl doesn't want to have kids. And now I mean, you know, we're engaged. And congrats, so, uh, by the way, you yeah, did that thank recently you, man. Uh, yeah. in Denver, right? I did, yeah. That was a, that, man. That was a big weekend for you. It right? really was. Yeah. I mean, you filmed a special. Uh-huh. You proposed to your girlfriend. That's right. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, it was it was epic. But yeah, so uh, I was kind of wondering, like, with all the shots I've taken to the nuts, has is there anything like uh, even swimming in there? You know, like people think, can you have kids yeah. with all the nuts? And I've I've always said that I think uh, that a lot of nut shots, um, you know, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. I never imagined that I would have a lower sperm count because I've been kicked in the balls a lot. I think that what what getting kicked in the balls a lot does create a concern for is testicular cancer. Uh. I think you can get ball cancer. Like you're 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 more likely to get ball cancer the more you've been hit in the balls. I, I believe that to be true. Uh, but, uh, Tom Green told you that, and you asked him. He was like. You're like, you can get cancer from getting kicked in the balls? And he's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, yeah, so, so that's the, like, uh, so, so, so once I heard that, I really tried to, like, save nut shots for, for special occasions. <laughs> and, and, uh. <laughs> Start putting nut shots on layaway. <laughs> like, listen, yeah. uh, guys, I really want to give this to you right now, but this isn't a special enough moment for me to do it. Right, 100%. It's like barfing. I used to barf a lot. Well, isn't and that, yeah, really I have, bad for your vocal cords. I have well vocal cords and and it's more like my esophagus right I'm very predisposed for esophageal cancer because uh, acid reflux like I have a a condition in my esophagus uh, called Barrett's esophagus and it's really like full pre-cancer so uh, so barfing is much the same it's got to be like a really special occasion I actually try not to barf at all yeah Yeah. well I mean you've you've done it so much over the years where it's like you're like I professionally think I can... bulimic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dude, how did Steve O get so shredded? Dude, he freaking <laughs> all these stunts, man. Yeah, it was hard. He was, yeah, just barfing. But um, I forget where we even were. But yeah, this, okay. So this is my sperm count. Um, I wanted to before I get my vasectomy to go to the fertility clinic and get a sperm count. Mm-hmm. And my theory was correct that. Uh, I think that the average is somewhere between 20 and 30 million sperm per milliliter of jizz. And I clocked in at 51 million. 
And uh, and I was happy to know that. I was happy to go there and, and uh, have them put my sperm under the microscope so that we could see them swimming and wave goodbye, <laughs> you know, which, I thought, which is so, ceremonial. So you had over twice the amount I think so, yeah. of the normal? Uh-huh. Dude, heck yeah, man. I know, dude. <laughs> Potent and, uh, sperm, bro. That's freaking dope. <laughs> and, yeah, dude. Pro- proving another theory of mine. I am exceptionally talented at pulling out. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. I know how to time it, dog. <laughs> and uh, and and just as a sort of a formality, not because I'm interested in changing my mind about having kids, but so that I could like maybe come up with a funny Han Solo joke. I did get the for the load frozen for posterity. Yeah, you know. Are you gonna put it like on like a shelving unit Han or something, Steve-o. like like lit and everything, like right. a shrine? Uh huh. Yeah. That would be that would be kind of cool. That'd Maybe cool. just in the little shrine in the freezer. Yeah, Steve-O's last load. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they broke it up into three different vials. Pretty amazing. They uh they they had enough jizz to put on a on a, a microscope slide to to do the sperm count, have yeah. it under the microscope, and then after that that same load uh, divided up into three different vials to be frozen if I wanted to attempt an artificial insemination insemination oh, at a, on at a three later different date. yeah they unfreeze it you gotta, you gotta. I mean, people don't even want to eat seafood if, like, they're like, you know, salmon fillet has been frozen and then thawed. Why would you want to get a kid, like, from a fucking frozen and thawed load? You know, like that's just counterintuitive to me. But uh, speaking of size of load, it's amazing that that they could break it up into three different files because I'm not a, a large volume kind of guy, and I know that because Scott and I went up head to head. We had three criteria. It was uh, uh, the duration that it took to crank out the load in the room. Okay. You we guys. Had, oh, I smoked him. He took like six minutes, dude. <laughs> to bust one out? Well, yeah. yeah. The cameras were all outside the door, and he's like, okay, go. And then he's like, Scott, hurry now, up. Is there, like, is there a sheet between you guys? Or like, are you I, making he, eye he's contact? In room. He's in room. Dude, it's so fucking hilarious. They, it's, you're in like a proper medical facility with like a, you know, and it's a nice one, too. You yeah. know, like everything's really nice and formal and, and, uh, and then you go into this, this private room, and they've got just a fucking row of fucking porno DVDs. Because, like, it's a fertility clinic, you know? I was checking out the titles today. Beaver Bashing. <laughs> Beaver. <laughs> that was my favorite one, Beaver Bashing. I think that's the one I watched when I went in there last time. <laughs> he actually put on a DVD. Did you? And did took you? six minutes. Dude, all I have to do is look He's at the waiting cur- for the story, the <laughs> plot. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing? All I had to do is just look at the cover of the DVD. I'm like, oh. Is that the one he chose to watch, Beaver no, Bashing? I forget what... Uh, I forget what the one that uh, that got me off was, but it was the same one this time as it was last time. So I went back today to uh, oh, and Scott's got a lot of volume. That's Scott's got a lot of volume. Yeah. There's there's other criteria too. It's called uh, motility, which is how much they move around. Then there's shape of the sperm itself. Um, I forget if my shape or my motility. We're opposite of each other. I'm good motility and bad shape, maybe or not great shape. He's, He's regular, good shape you're goofy. And I'm in bad yeah. Moti- yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But yeah. So so after you get the vasectomy, then like you're supposed to wait like six weeks because even though they've cut the the sperm are made in your balls, and and um, they they the vas deferens is the tube that delivers from each ball. You have two vas deferens. And delivers the sperm to your wiener, 
uh, which provides the goo, you know? And so they cut the, the vast deference. Now, after having done that, still you're going to have stragglers that were on the other side of the tube for up to six weeks. So they say... It's that potent? Uh, yeah, I mean, who knows, man? Like, we, like I didn't go get a fucking vasectomy to, like, accidentally get my chick pregnant. Right, of you course. Know? So we, we went by the books. And yeah. today... Today was now, it's been six weeks, and I went there, and sure enough, fucking barren wasteland. Not not even a corpse on the battlefield. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, going to be dude. a good feeling. Yeah, dude. It's fucking hump and dump time, dude. <laughs> yeah. Hump and dump. Hump and it, dump. Hump and dump. <laughs> yeah, Can dude. I read the text that you, that sure. you sent me on the, on the way over here? So Steve would text me, uh, like <laughs> I'm figuring out like different times and stuff when he's gonna get here, and then he goes, <laughs> <laughs> "Just got done blowing a load at the fertility clinic after my vasectomy to make sure there's zero sperm in my jizz, so my girl and I can always hump and dump." ETA is twelve thirteen p.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, so Hump yeah, dude. So, so so and and here's the thing, man. Like, and I'm excited to to walk through, like, uh, where I'm at building a new a new act, you know. And and bless your heart, dude. You're so fucking quick and and genius with comedy, man. Like, uh, I really rely on on just sheer recklessness and shamelessness, you know. Like, uh, I love the way your mind works, and um. The vasectomy, the vasectomy Olympics is is a big bit. Like uh, my whole new act. Um, you know, after having just, you know, uh, yeah. taped this new special, um, which, you know, you showed me a, a sneak peek of and it, it's awesome, man. I'm really thanks, excited for man. people to see it. Uh, yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. I really, really went for it and, and married my worlds where, uh, you know, like the stand up has footage integrated into it. So all the stories I'm telling happen on camera. That's what I liked about it a lot is because it, I think it'd be like, honestly, kind of weird if you didn't. It's like when somebody doesn't acknowledge something that like they're very talented at and they're like, I'm just going to do something completely different. You married the two. So it's super enjoyable for your fans and viewers to watch and people who have never seen your stand up before. They're like, oh, he he does all these stunt stuff and he's good at stand up and storytelling. That's awesome. Well, thanks, bro. And uh, so, yeah, the name of that special is Gnarly because there's so much footage integrated into the stand-up, like so much interstitial footage to illustrate all of the stories and jokes. Um, I used a, a fair amount of footage from like Jackass and Wild Boys and Comedy Central and Charlie Sheen Rose and stuff, stuff that I'm not the copyright owner of. And um, I funded the whole thing, my, the whole project myself to sell afterwards. And... Um, you know, I thought I thought I would be approaching Comedy Central and you know Paramount and stuff like to get to license you know footage to include the clips, but I was told that that they have a, like this fair usage law. They said don't don't go and try and license everything. Like first consult with the clearance attorney, and uh, have him determine if everything's fair usage. And I did, and he says it is. And so I'm applying because I didn't want to take it to buyers and have them be all excited about, oh, this is fucking great. And then it turned out I can't use, right. you know, well, it's great, but we can't use any of the right. footage. And, so yeah. I so I'm get the whole thing insured with the, the clearance attorney, the whole thing. And that's where I'm at. And soon as I'm really close to being ready to start selling it, which is exciting. Dude. And, and I'm and I'm already into my next act, you know, like uh, I've got like 15 minutes of fire. That's for, you know, of, of new act and my new act starts, I say, uh, just, I'm in a fucked up situation. I'm Steve-O from Jackass in my forties. 
and it can only go one of two ways. You know, either I hang up the jock strap or, uh, you know, maybe hang up the jock strap is not funny because it's, uh, I don't want to wear a jock strap. But you hang up the man thong? <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. cheetah thong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang, hang up my cheetah thong. <laughs> hang up my cheetah thong and call it quits. Uh, or shit's got to get seriously fucked up. You know? <laughs> and I don't know any other way. So I find myself digging into uh, what I call the bucket list, you know, which is uh, a bunch of largely ideas that I've had for a long fucking time, none of which happened for really good reasons, you know? Yeah. Like the vasectomy Olympics, it was just I wasn't like ready to pull the trigger on that. And now it's like, okay, fuck it. So I got it and we covered it and, and it was intense. There's so like, that was one of the things on your bucket list. And yeah. You're like, oh, I've always wanted to do this, but I'm going to I'm gonna push this off for a bit. Sure. And so there was skyjacking, which was like whenever, when, <laughs> whenever anybody, uh, whenever anybody, um, would ask me about like, hey, have you been? Hunt- you want to go skydiving? I was like, no, fuck no. Everybody does that, you know. Yeah. Grandmas do that. I would say, if I'm gonna go skydiving, I'm gonna fucking be butt ass naked for my very first jump, where you've got the tandem instructor strapped <laughs> on your on back. Your yeah. So I'm butt naked. I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna fuck jack off with him on my back. Like, uh, I'm gonna not, I'm gonna not blow a load for like a super long time, like maybe four days. Maybe six minutes, like Scott Randolph <laughs> over here. <laughs> I, know, I know, but I mean, like, like build up a load for days, oh, like maybe yeah, four yeah. days. Yeah. So it's like the biggest. So you get load that Randolph can- consistency. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. And then like jack off in the airplane with the guy on my back. And then like, oh, dude, I'm going to tell you the funniest fucking. So, so then when I reach the point of no return, like the first squirt, I throw the laptop like with the porno on it. Just throw it out of the airplane and dive after it. Fucking cranking out this load as I fall through the sky, you know? And uh, you got to watch Beaver Bashers up there. Yeah, be- Beaver yeah, Bashers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, Scott's just like sitting eating popcorn, skydiving with you, just watching the plot out unfold. <laughs> Scott's like, this is off movie. with me. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, so I'm cranking. So now, like, I, I'm taping that special. And, and uh, you know, for my grand entrance, I'm going to like come through the crowd and dive onto the stage, you know, like, uh, and I'm back in the. Uh, back of the theater behind the bar just ready like if they're about to fucking announce me you know and I'm fucking like and I'm just focusing with this kid spots me he's like yo yo Steve oh dude and I'm thinking not now dude I don't want to fucking deal with this fucking kid right now it's not the time dude and I'm ignoring him I'm pretending I don't hear until and then he goes dude you gotta go skydiving uh, I'm a skydive instructor and I'm like Okay, this is too important. I gotta stop everything. You know, I gotta stop everything. I go over to tell the kid, tell the kid my idea. You know, from beginning to end, like the whole, like you know, Whoa. I tell him real quick, and, and you know, he's got the whole idea, you know, like fucking conveyed to him. And he he looks at me like just this fucking like look on his face. I can't even tell what the expression is, and he goes, "Dude." You can totally come all over me. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best joke. <laughs> See, that's my comedy. It's just shit that actually happened, dude. You know, like I, I don't fucking have that. Like, come up, you know. I'm, I'm very like light on the like the way you do it. You know. I think that I think that kid is actually calling into the show right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, hello, is is this uh, the skydiving instructor? Uh, hello. <laughs> Hey, um, I just want to reconfirm, uh, 
That offer is still good, Steve-O. Oh, I know, dude. I've been in total clarity. I got your number, like, right away. <laughs> dude, I've been in contact with this kid, for sure. No, listen. Uh, once you blow the load, if I capture it, can I save it for posterity and oh, show yeah, it to my friends? dude. You find uh, all, all you do. There's nothing swimming in there, man. <laughs> I wonder if there's even DNA in it. <laughs> Yeah, what's in there? It's just like mucus. Like, <laughs> uh, it would have to. Everything's got DNA, I think. But, but yeah, it's it's on with this kid, man. All right, well, uh, I'll see you soon, dude. Yeah, sweet man, I can't wait, dude. I'm gonna fucking fire up a hot batch for you. That guy sounds super stoked about the situation. <laughs> he is, dude. Yeah. He's so stoked. We almost flew him to Puerto Rico to try and pull it off there, but we couldn't get uh, a plane. <laughs> Nobody was down. Nobody's down to. Can you imagine like uh, him, Dude, we tried him telling his up. parents, like, uh, "Mom, Dad, I finally got my dream job." <laughs> yeah. Steve-O's gonna blow a fat load in the sky while I'm right behind him. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> it's such a dope. Thing. Yeah, the bucket list is all pretty serious shit, man. Like, uh, there's nothing mellow on there. And I'm trying to come up with more because the thing is, like, like you saw my the last special, I would I was telling stories and jokes with like uh, the footage cut in, and a lot of it was like archival, mm-hmm. and I didn't want it to be all old and down memory lane stuff. So I did a, did a bunch of new stuff. It'd be like an old bit, a new bit, an old bit, a new bit. But this next one is just gonna be straight all new, and it's gonna be all new. And there's like virtually zero stand up that doesn't pertain specifically to a bit, which is a jackass bit, you know? Like, so I got like skyjacking, fucking shit hits the fan, you know, like the fucking like, Vasectomy Olympics, you know, it goes on and on. But but what I so it's it, it it's it's like a it's like as a comedian, I'm gonna walk you through like. Uh, a fucking solo fucking artist jackass movie yeah. almost you know your life like experiences your process with all these different and everything like, and the the like the premise of everything is like it's the bucket list you know i gotta fucking knock it out and shit because i'm in my 40s and like shit's gotta be just so fucking the bar's so high and also there's a a component of it that like now that i've kind of grown up and i'm a little bit more like socially conscious, like, you know, like morally motivated. Like I want to have, you know, um, like affect positive change kind of a deal, you know? And so that was why when I went to Puerto Rico, the, the motivation for the trip was to participate in a sterilization clinic where they spayed and neutered uh, a thousand dogs, you know, because the stray population's just blowing up since yeah, the hurricane. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, okay, cool. That's time to get the vasectomy, you know? So I'm down there. Right. I'm like, I believe in this cause so much. I'm getting fixed too. So I tied oh, okay. it together. So the whole vasectomy thing is like this, you know, like sort of socially conscious thing where I'm trying it's to It's a bigger cause. effort rather right. than just like a, a singular. So, like- so that's that's like the, you know kind of the 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 format the matrix like whatever like that's what i'm after and uh skyjacking i mean i don't know <laughs> i mean, a skyjacking is good you know that you're on a hot fucking project when the fucking opening bit is skyjacking yeah <laughs> when that's the, the opener it's like uh where is steve-o going from here is like i'm right. steve-o and i'm skyjacking <laughs> Right. That's uh, that's the that's where the bar's at for me these days. So uh fuck man. So you uh also I think while you're in Puerto Rico, um you know, you're doing um a lot of the work with the shelters and uh you uh like rescued a dog, right? 
This was, uh, I rescued Wendy in Peru. In Peru. Yeah. Okay. So when did you, like, have you always had an affinity and uh, a love for animals? Because, uh, I've you know, uh, you've gotten yeah. more into it uh, recently. It's really cool, like, like what you've been doing sure, like, with different animal projects. So do you want to talk about that? Like, Yeah, be whatever, dude. Like, uh, I've, I'm a animal guy like uh I, I love promoting like v- fucking veggie diet you know plant-based like adopt you know like spay and neuter don't go to sea world you know basic shit if it's about animal rights i'm I'm pretty behind it even though i fucking hate vegans like they're so fucking annoying you know like i hate to be an annoying vegan like i'd like to just sort of be like an animal guy you know yeah. but uh what drives me fucking crazy is uh I don't know. Just the fucking annoying vegan thing. But, um, so you, I, how long I, have you been vegan? Uh, dude, I'm, I'm in and out. I'm moving target. I'm on a little bit of a fish kick now. You know, I've been on and off of that. Like, uh, and you know, like whatever. I'll let dairy squeeze in. I'm not as like, and then all of a sudden I'll be like, ah, oh, no, militant fucking. It's got to be 100% vegan. But whatever, dude. Like, uh, I'm just generally like, you know, compassion motivated. Um, and uh, I got four dogs, two cats. Like my house, yeah. my house is pretty absurd with animals. Running I've, around. I've seen some of your Instagram posts whenever you <laughs> have them all like on the bed. Yeah, uh, those are those are pretty fun pictures. Yeah, but, but whatever, man. The, the, the funny thing, you know, like it's kind of another bit, but it's like I gotta figure it out. Uh, Wendy is the the dog I found in the streets of Peru, and she's like a bona fide celebrity in her own right because just how viral the video of me, uh, you know, finding her in the streets of Peru and bringing her home to America, and since then, like, I wanted to have her uh, become like a service animal, like certified, so I could bring her around. Yeah. Because I thought like she's got the she's used to having the freedom of of. Uh, roaming the streets and and then all of a sudden i'm gonna coop her up in my house like is that fair you know like and i thought a good compromise would be i'll bring her home and get her certified as a service animal so that she's got freedom and can roam around with me and so i looked into like what does it take to certify a dog that way and there's no fucking such thing can you believe it there is no there's no such thing as certification for a service dog this blew my mind. There is no fucking regulation. There is no fucking certificate. There is no fucking test. There is then, then how do people just say it? You really? Know? Yeah. It's and here, a, it's and so, an honor system. Pretty much. Yeah. So so like uh, and this is fucking it's pretty funny, bullshit. man. Like I like as soon as I brought her by the time she was she was fucking like uh she came from Peru to L. A. in the cargo underneath the plane in a crate, which is rough, man. I hate the the. She had to do that, but it was the only way. I had that fuck dude. She walked out of that fucking crate at the airport into a service dog vest. <laughs> you know? She was like, that vest got to the fucking my my house before she did. Like I picked her up at the airport with the service. I just put it on. She's straight off the fucking That was streets. her first step in America was into the dude, service. Ba- animal dude, vest. Straight into straight off the fucking streets of Peru. And into the service dog vest, I went from the airport where I picked her up to my fucking dental, just walk, like dental cleaning. And I'm like, oh, sterile environment, fucking put on your gloves and your mask and fucking in with the surgical fucking dentist equipment and fucking, and Wendy just marches right in and just sits down. I'm like, yeah, it's my history dog, you know, like they can't say shit. And like, uh, the thing about the service dog vest that's so unbelievable is that it comes with, uh, it's what I call fuck you cards. Like it, it says, uh, 
you know, like basically like out of our way, like, you know, handler, the fucking service dog, like federal law states, two important components of the law, which is you're not allowed to ask me what my disability is. It's not your fucking business. It's fucking like I have my right to my privacy. Yeah. So like, just shut the fuck up and get out of my way. This is my service dog. Like, I don't even, don't even like ask. You're not allowed to ask me what's my disability. Right. Do I, do I need the dog? And as, as, as that's, per me and per the dog you're not allowed to uh ask for the dog to demonstrate any ability or training at, at all because fuck you that's not your business dude you know and uh and 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 if they, you say it's a service dog like um then then they can't they just can't say shit they have, they have to just shut the fuck up and yeah. get out of your way i used to work at starbucks and uh back in the day and there would be a lot of people who'd come in with service animals sure and you're not allowed to and, and i bring and, and i bring wendy on the airplane and this is where it gets kind of heartbreaking is because like here i'm on the airplane and i've got her on my lap it's a big old dog and i just want her on my lap all the time and uh and I'm, like i'm sitting in the aisle seat and um my girl is like next to me like we fly a lot, so we get like free upgrades. And if I if we get the upgrade ahead of time, then I'll bring Wendy. You know, because yeah, there's yeah. just more room in first class. Plus, you don't even have to fucking buy it a ticket. You don't have to buy the dog a ticket. You don't have to pay anything extra. Oh, really? Nothing. Here's the other thing about the federal law regarding service dogs is that they, they view it. The federal law views the dog like like for a person with a disability. The like you know like ostensibly you know like the the theory is that the dog is actually like has the rights of the person the dog is is technically in the eyes of the law an extension of the person the dog mm. and the person become one in the eyes of the law so there's no separate fucking ticket to bring the dog in the plane there's no fee to bring the dog in the plane you bring them you can bring the dog in fucking coach riding bitch that was our first flight <laughs> <laughs> you brought the dog in coach yeah uh-huh and, and it what, was what, like, were, what were people's reactions around you like um who cares? <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. But yeah, and she was not. Uh, she's gotten better because here's what happened. Um, and and dear, I'm sitting in the aisle seat. The flight attendant says like, "Hey, can you move the dog to the window seat?" Uh, I just that I would appreciate it because I've been bitten by two service dogs already. Whoa. You know, like people are people are just throwing the vest on the dog, and the dogs attacking other dogs, attacking kids, attacking <laughs> flight attendants. You know, like there's a lot of that. I wonder that, if that, there's there's dudes selling like vests on Craigslist <laughs> and stuff you, like that. You don't even yeah, need, you don't, to, you go don't need to go on Craigslist. There's no? no, there's nothing special about it. You go on Amazon. It's like eight, on, seventy-nine go on, bucks. Go on Amazon, like uh, go on fuck. See, there's nothing. You don't have to do shit. You don't have to do shit. Plus, they give you a fake registration card. <laughs> like, uh, I forget, what was it? I went to ActiveDog.com. ActiveDog.com, and, and they're just like, oh, yeah, upload a picture. Just so that it's on the fucking card. That, that don't, they don't care. Upload a picture, you know, whatever. And you, so you can pull out, like, oh, here's your registration thing. It actually tucks into the vest itself, so it looks all official. There's nothing fucking behind it at all. And um, the thing was that, like, as I brought her around and, and I got her the fucking all the restaurants, the airplanes, the comedy clubs, the radio stations, I don't fucking care. She goes with me everywhere. But, the, but I felt like... Uh, I felt like like not good about it, you know. Like I'm like a 12 step dude, and I can't really like do shit that I fucking feel is not morally like solid. Sure. You know, which is like a weird thing to hear Steve say, but it's, it's the way I got to live my life. And so I felt like conflicted about it, and uh, actually decided on my own initiative to to get Wendy with actual service dog trainers. 
And uh, so she's like been been in and, out, in and out of training for months now. She's really coming along, and um, like uh, she like the idea is for her to be a service dog instructor. This is where it just stops being funny, but um, but whatever. Like so now, like if 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 you see me with Wendy, uh, and her service dog vest, like at the airport, like actually fuck off. <laughs> You're like I've done. The I, steps plus, now. plus, plus, I know like a hundred percent of the lingo. Cause now I'm in with the service dog training community. Like not yeah. that there's a big community, but like the best dudes in the world. <laughs> there's like an underground gang. <laughs> right. They're like the top, the top dog trainers, like in the planet, like on the planet are like my bros. And, uh, so yeah, so, so we like, know, like we actually give a fuck about like, you know, being legit, you know? Yeah. So it's rad. How long have you been uh, sober now? 10 years, like just past 10 years Congrats, on March man. 10th. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, dude. Looking back, does it feel Does it feel like now that you're in your 40s now, does it feel like a different lifetime whenever? Well, yeah. I mean, and Scott's got five years. Congrats, dude. Yeah, thank you. That's great. Here's the thing about it, you know. It's not even really a question of age, even though it is, but um, like... I'm so fortunate, man. I'm so fortunate. I'm so grateful. And this might sound weird, but that that I got the fucking alcoholism and the addiction so bad, you know, like like I, alcoholism and drug addiction is probably the only disease that like you want to have it. Fucking the the worse you have it, like the better off you are. Like you want if you're gonna have alcoholism or addiction, you want to have it fucking terribly bad. That's the best case scenario because, like, uh, there was, it was black and white for me. You know, like, it came to a point where I just couldn't continue. Like, it just it had to stop. Yeah. You know? It had, Rather than you being functioning and you can, like, keep letting it go and stuff at, like if that. You're, if, you're, if you've got, like, a, a you know, what is it, like a, what is that? a touch of the disease, you yeah. know, like. Just a skosh. Just, yeah, just, in, just enough to a keep. Yeah. <laughs> just a teaspoon. <laughs> you've got just enough. Think of those little, little spoons at the, like, the ice cream. Shops like, sure. Can I just get a, a sample of disease, please? Some <laughs> <laughs> alcoholism, some drug addiction. I just wanna just wanna try it a little bit. Right. If you've got just enough for it to like be a hindrance, you know, yeah. to like to fucking slow you down, to distract you, to fucking waste your time, to uh, to keep you from being motivated, then like all of a sudden there you go. You just got I, how many people do I know that they don't have it bad enough that they've got to do something about it? And so what they're doing is just fucking the year are just falling away from them just slip their life is slipping through their fucking fingers man and they're just not getting shit done and they're fucking distracted and they're fucking you know miss blowing opportunities and like fuck that dude i'm so lucky that uh that i had it terribly bad and that, and bad enough that i know that when i'm in this like program of recovery that that's my the biggest house in the block that's what comes first like that when when they talk about practicing the principles of the 12 steps like that's the code that i have to live by mm -hmm. because like that's like you know my life depends on it and so as a result i've now been like really for 10 years like largely pretty fucking like focused and on point you know uh, granted, like one addiction, like fucking pops up in in the wake of another, you know, like the, the you know with drugs and alcohol, and the next thing you know, it's fucking sex. It's fucking for you know, you know, like I ended up in the fucking sex program too, dude. Like, 
And uh, thank God I did that because had I not gone into this, the sex addict rehab and really dove in, like hardcore addressed sex, you know, at, like compulsive sexual acting out, like I wouldn't have had a fucking hope of being in a relationship. I wouldn't be engaged now. You know, that took some serious fucking work and I had to take on like the, the sex behavior in like every bit, the, the vigilance of the, the approach of, of the drugs and alcohol, you know? And so now I've been, I've been like gifted with uh, the ability to have a healthy relationship. It's fucking epic, you know? And it, it's like you said. And so now it's fucking food. Now it's food, dude. Right. I went to my... Well, I don't want to say that, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I checked out the food program for the first time, dude. You know, and now I'm like, dude, we're at like, we're, like we're I, won't even, I, won't, I won't even speak for Scott. I had the fucking doctor before I went to Peru on that one job. They gave sent me for a physical and the doctor calls up and he's like, yo, dude, you're what they call skinny fat. You don't appear like fat or obese, but like you've got fat all over your organs. You've got pre-diabetes. What? Fucking if you don't fucking exercise. Because I just don't like, dude, I'm like, I don't have to exercise. Yeah, okay, I don't exercise. Yeah. yeah. And even though I'm like, whatever, you know, like skinny fat fucking, you can see it a little bit. <laughs> um, and, uh, and he's like, yeah, and, and dude, I'm out of control with the fucking sugar. Like you can be a vegan oh. and a fucking slob. Oh, Trust me. Yeah. Like well, I uh, mean, it might even be Oreo, harder because Oreos are vegan. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, and when I say I let dairy slide, like dude, like fuck, I'm an out of control with food. You know, right now I'm like, like I'm on like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm either fucking like some kind of anorexic bullshit like spectrum, or I'm just fucking slob central, and uh, and that's the thing, dude. So, but uh, but it's oh, oh hold on. Do I want to answer this? Uh, it might be my new glasses. Hello? It's just a scam. The home refinance. How did that not say scam likely? I don't know. Dude, isn't it dope when the phone says scam likely? Oh, I'm like, like, heck yeah. Yeah, I never answer those. And I'm so fucking pissed that... I, I'm, I'm really pretty good about not fucking... Dude, I'm blocking that shit right now, dude. Block this caller. Fuck you. Yeah, right? Take no, that, right in the dude. Middle of a conference. That's the word. Take that, dude. <laughs> yeah, take that. I, You're I, freaking I, done. <laughs> yeah, that got freaking recorded, yeah, dude. I, I showed that. <laughs> yeah, right? I'll never refinance my home. Take that. <laughs> yeah, dude. So in any case, man, it's just rad, dude, because... Uh, it's 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 all progress. Did man. that fuel you? Because uh, I think that kind of fueled you to start doing stand up a little bit, right? Whenever you use. I, I, I tried stand up before I got sober. Oh, okay. Uh huh. Like it's like 2006. Skylar Stone asked me to do a stunt at the uh, the fucking. This uh, comedy rock show. It was the Laugh Factory at that time, oh, okay. like 2006. The the press machine was starting to rev up for our second Jackass movie at that time. And I was like out of my mind on fucking drugs. I remember just having like fucking just crates of nitrous oxide whippets and a vodka bottle. And I fucking like, uh, when I wrote my first like set, which was like pretty funny shit at the time, like all of the, uh, I mean, whatever there was, there's potential there, you know, yeah. like, uh, my, my, the, the premise for the act was how to make it in Hollywood. And, uh, and the, you know, I had bullet points, three bullet points, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Oh, wait, <laughs> sorry, no, no, sex, drugs, and, and I forget, or sex, what, sex, sex, 
I don't know. That was so. That was your first set list was sex, drugs. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and I was like, and I was, and at the time, all of the uh, the tabloid magazines, it was like, you know, like various celebrities were like shockingly like you don't see it as much these days, but it's like shockingly thin, like they're and they're like, Ugh, you know, and and, uh, and that was a deal. And I was like, one of one of my jokes was uh, was. Uh, you know, like, it's, it's, you know, hey, Hollywood, so fucking cool. You know, like, I've, I've been here for a while. I'm really grateful. Like, you know, uh, I think I've really know, like, how to make it. Like, for example, you know, if you see, like, you know, what's going on with a lot of, if you want to be successful in Hollywood, we see that you have to eat. You, you got to eat Vicodin. You got to eat Valium. You got to eat Xanax. You know, like, you know, like, whatever. Like, and I, I was like, uh, had like you know like sex isn't that like uh it was pretty fucking dope but the and that was my second time trying it and actually i like wrote how, it how to go over the i wrote a set and yeah. like and I, it went like reasonably well for what it was it went reasonably well i still have it on camera and uh you know i like i, I had it filmed i posted it on youtube it's like, okay that's done and, like you know i didn't the idea of like honing an act did, didn't did you look at that almost as like another stunt where you're like it was like a check mark like i've done stand-up now like uh, like going into that first time not as much that but um i was just so out of my mind the first time i i didn't really prepare anything like i, I didn't know how could i prepare i didn't know i was going to do stand-up i was i thought i would do a stunt and i showed up and walked in and i was like dude Fucking, if I go up there and try and do stand up, that's the start. That's the craziest fucking thing you can imagine. Yeah. And so I'm waiting for my turn. I was just like, ah, you know, and I figured out like a couple jokes. I was Did like, Did you get a similar fear like going into it? For sure. Like, it's terrifying. You know, and, and they invited me, they are, they, they, sorry, they introduced me on the stage, and I was like, hey, everybody, like, I, I'm dying for a blowjob. Does anybody want one? <laughs> you know, and like, he has like whatever, like cheap joke. My, my feeling was that they were like excited. <laughs> they were excited to see me, you know, like it was like, oh, Steve was here. And like, I felt like they're, they were excited to see me. They were rooting for me. Everybody wants to have a good time. Yeah. Like I, it wasn't, you know, like they were on my side. How and, long did you do? The first time, maybe like three minutes. I, it was pretty, like three minutes yeah, maybe and like set. and uh and jamie the laugh factor guy I remember the, from the first time he was like he was like man you've got something on that stage so, you know you've got something special like it's, i'm glad you did that and I, and I was like fuck i'm coming back i'm gonna fucking do it, you know and i scheduled my return and that was when i sat down with the vodka and wrote the sex drugs and rock and roll set <laughs> like uh fucking um I, I, I almost want to look at it again, but the thing was that then I was like, after that, I was like, fuck it, I'll do this again. But it didn't occur to me to come back and work on the same act and hone it. Yeah. And then the, the third time I come back, I think, I think I'm just never going to say the same thing on a, on, a, on a comedy club stage. That's what that's what I start out whenever I did stand up. Like, I was like, oh, I never want to repeat myself. And then like it's you the find out. Thing. Yeah, you find out later. You're like, oh, that's impossible. If I have a regret in life that, you know, like the, that I didn't just keep working on that one act, you know, it, it could have turned into something dope. And I would have had a fucking four year head start, you know. But what happened was then the third time I went to the comedy club. Uh, I was just like, oh, dude, it's gone so great every time. Like, I've got this. You know, the crowd fucking loves me. I'm good at this. Yeah. But I went on there with nothing really prepared. Just like I thought of, like, what's going on? Like, some Steve Irwin had just died, and I was trying to be, like, the, the Wild Boy Steve Irwin connection or something. It was just I died. I died, and it was traumatic. 
And then I went back a fourth time and I died again. And it was fucking traumatic, dude. It's hard, and, man. Uh, and, and, then I, and then I was like, it hurt so bad I couldn't go back to it. And I was out of control and I ended up getting sober. Now, did bombing on stage, does that hurt sometimes more than a stunt that goes a little bit wrong? Well, it depends how stunts can go pretty fucking wrong, dude. Right, <laughs> you know? right, right. So, uh, like mentally. Uh, I'm saying like, like, is it harder? Like uh, as an obstacle mentally, is it easier to be like, I can go do that stunt again than it might. Right. I mean, there's just so much apples and oranges there Mm -hmm. that it's tough to, uh, you know, it's tough to answer that. But, um, but what was one thing for sure is that I was afraid to go back. I was afraid to go back to do stand up. And then when I got sober, you know, like, and, and like, I took that shit serious. Like, and then I lived in sober living. Like, I lived in a halfway house by choice until I had been sober for two years. And that was like, I just committed myself to it. And in um, sobriety, like, like, you know, recreational activities kind of changed, man. There's no more going to bars. There's no more going to nightclubs, you know, like, so, so on your sort of go to like activity list, like I, I had no reason to go to a bar or a nightclub, but I had every reason to go to a comedy club. Because mm-hmm. that's the primary reason to be there is to watch the show. So like I would go to comedy clubs like pretty regularly, like in, in early sobriety. And the whole time when I was sitting, you know, like newly sober, and I'm like fucking watching the show, and uh, the whole time just looking at the stage thinking, fuck, I'm a pussy, man. I fucking should be on that fucking stage, dude. And I'm fucking scared. And then uh, I ended up just going for it, you know? Yeah. And I, I dove in. I dove in hardcore. And so now I'm like eight years in. Dude, that's great. Yeah, that's rad, man. Now, uh, some of the, the listeners and viewers of this, they know that I do uh, an impression of you. Of course, yeah. And uh, I, I was hoping to do a, a segment where um, Steve-O asks Steve-O questions. Okay. Let, let, let's, uh, is, is this the last one? And then there's the... the then there's the sax thing. The sax thing, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah go you for it, be man. running pretty quick? Sure. Steve-O's going to ask... Yeah, I just had, I bought a fucking treadmill for my dogs, and it's been out in the rain. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> so I want to fucking. Okay. Um. Uh. Here we go. Um. This is uh. Stevo versus Stevo. So um, you you remember that time when. Uh, we were in the ocean and we like put a hook through our cheek and uh, sharks went after us. What were we thinking? <laughs> well, I mean, the question is which time, dude? Because of course, right. you remember we did it twice. Well, yeah, we did. <laughs> we did do it twice. <laughs> yeah, the first time was with uh, the the professional, professional body, body piercer. Body piercing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, and uh, and and he put it through. And there weren't like there wasn't that much shark activity. So then the the yeah, director that, that was a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> so when the director came to us and he said, "Hey, I'm looking at back at the footage, and it's like, who the fuck is this weird body piercer? Like nobody really wants to fucking see him. And we'd do well if we got more shark footage. Like, would you be down to do it again so that we can have just Pontius put the hook through your face and then get more shark footage?" And I said, "Fuck, man. Like I'm like." on footage dude I need this of course I'm in let's do this yeah and that was when Pontius put it through 
And uh, the Dude, maker I, I wasn't sure, so sure about when like Chris put it through my our cheek <laughs> because I was like, dude, he's not a professional. This is scary, dude. No, no, he didn't matter, dude. Like, uh, he, he he did a great. Yeah, yeah, he he did great. Nice and People clean. are always asking us, do we have uh, a scar from where the hook went through? And I'm like, nah, dude. Nah. Yeah, not even because it was it was a, a solid needle. If it was like a hollow needle and it took a piece out, maybe yeah. But uh, it was a solid needle, and like we were blessed with good skin. I mean, not blessed. I see it as a curse because we don't get scars, you know. Like we don't have uh, some dope scars. Like I'll have like a fucking an epic wound, and then like virtually no fucking scar to show for it. I'm dude, pe- people have called us the Wolverine of stunts. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Like uh, quite appropriately so. Do you, Do you remember that that one time? <laughs> By the way, every time a story starts with it, or no, no, not like historically, like uh, every, every, like uh, traveling through the van or in the van in various countries or whatever, like there were only a, a couple times, like a small handful of times, where from the back row of the van there was a giggle, and then all of a sudden, like, did I ever, did I ever tell you guys about this one time? Did I ever tell you guys about this one time? And that is, that's like Scott saying and starting a story with this one time when I was in high school. <laughs> like, uh, because the thing is that, that I'm, I've always been such an, we've always been such an open book. We've been so, so totally, so totally. recklessly honest and shamelessly candid. Almost to a fault. <laughs> yeah. That like that, that there's nothing that, that there's no filter. There's nothing that goes unsaid. Yeah. And then, so for something to be held back, and then later be, did I ever tell you about this one time, you know, like, that you know it is so fucking shockingly fucking juicy. <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, so you ever know about that? That was, like, the one time when like, I giggled. And said, did I ever tell you about this one time? And uh, that was the story about how uh, I got my dick sucked by a dude. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a dude. It was, uh, like, a transvestite. Right, right. I mean, dude, that. Technically, it doesn't even count. Right? <laughs> that was especially because it was, uh, the, I was told it was a, a post-op transsexual. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which made us feel oh, a little bit more comfortable. Was, yeah, and I was told it was a hermaphrodite after yeah. the operation. Yeah. So and they, I was like, is that a Greek god? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, they took away, like, the male parts, leaving nothing but chick. Right. But then I told Dr. Drew, and he was like, nah, there's no such thing as a hermaphrodite. And then what happened was a dude sucked your dick. Pretty much. <laughs> and let's just say I had a Scott Randolph size load that day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's a, a, a couple questions from some fans that wrote in. Um, uh, how do you like uh, your jail time following the SeaWorld protest? Well, it was like fucking... Uh, me in the fucking fertility clinic booth. It was quick, <laughs> you know. Like, uh, uh, yeah, they really uh, didn't want me in there. At Judge Fudge, nineteen eighty nine, asked if you could replace any musician in any band and instantly be granted his skills. What band would you play in? Wow. Uh. Uh. Past or present? Any. Oh, any. Um. I mean, fuck, dude. Like, two things come to mind is uh, just Motley Crue in the 80s, but then, like, 
I don't know. Yeah, I'd want to be in Motley Crue in the 80s. Okay. At Javaman217, what was the best day you had on set with the guys? Hashtag Jackass Crew. I don't know. Uh, there's not like one thing there's that really... There's too many. I mean, there's too... That's, yeah, it's that's pretty, pretty epic yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, will there ever be another Jackass movie or a movie with the cast all back together? Yeah, my new comedy special has the whole cast all back together. That's called Gnarly. We did a great job on that. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and then, uh, let's see here. Um, what would you say to anyone who wants to follow their authentic path, even if it's not a traditional path? What are the golden moments in your life that you realize that you are Steve-O? I don't know. Like uh, I always say it doesn't matter what you want to do. It just matters how bad you want to do it. Okay. And final question. Of all the things you put in your mouth, what tasted the worst, what felt the worst, and what hurt the most? Oh, I don't know. All right, a different question. <laughs> you hold citizenship in three countries. If you were to get citizenship in a fourth country, where would it be and why? Also, can you sing any anthem of any of the three countries which you're a citizen of? Uh, yeah, I can... Handle the Canadian anthem, American anthem. I don't know if the British anthem, even what it is. Uh, if I was going to do a fourth one, and uh, I'm pretty sure I'd go to New Zealand. Okay. New Zealand, or uh, and if I couldn't get New Zealand, Australia would would work. But New Zealand would, is the ticket. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, this brings us to our final segment, sax talk. Yeah, dude. Oh, sax talk. So Steve-O is going to share a uh, story of a sexual encounter, and I am going to play some sweet, sweet saxophone underneath to sax it up. <clears throat> you have one that, uh, that comes to mind that... Uh... Well, yeah, like, uh, for sure. It, 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 it's, I mean, today I had a sexual encounter, but um, uh, the... Um, as we were standing in the fertility clinic and, and waiting for uh, the reveal of my load under the microscope to determine if there was any sperm in there, I admitted something. And it's, it's not just a, a, a story of one sexual encounter. It's a, a characterization of the overwhelming majority of uh, the sexual encounters that I've had with my fiance. And this dates back, you know, as far as we've been together. Like I said, we have four dogs. And um, I started out with two, she started out with one, and then we got Wendy from Peru. <laughs> only, only my girl's dog, Olive, is really crazy about cum. <laughs> and uh it was just kind of weird because like i you know before my vasectomy of course you know I'd, like I, I i dumped the load on my girl like on her back <laughs> you know on her butt like uh on my tummy like where, where, wherever it, it might land i would have just taken off my boxer shorts and so i grabbed the boxer shorts and i, I wipe up the the load i scoop it up you know <laughs> Totally unintentionally, like from when I throw it on the floor, we noticed my girlfriend's dog like going straight to it and just gobbling the cum off, <laughs> off of the box. She's just gobbling it. 
and I was like, man, uh, I was like, man, like I th think like morally, like it's not necessarily right to be feeding my girl's dog my cum, you know? So I was like, <laughs> so I would try to bury the boxers like in, in my laundry bag, like underneath other, but this dog's fucking determined, man. Like there's no, that dog's gonna fucking tear up the floorboards to, 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 get, to get to this fucking cum, you know? And so I just stopped trying. <laughs> I stopped trying to keep the fucking cum away from the dog. And, uh, and, and I would like, just be like, here you go. <laughs> so, so my girl and I, we both wrapped our head around it. You know, we, we, we routinely feed cum to the dog, you know? <laughs> and the thing was that the dog said, the more we feed it cum, the more it wants cum. It's like a fucking, <laughs> and like, so we start even fucking with a little bit of foreplay and the dog is just automatically on the bed, you know? And it's like a little fucking wiener dog poodle, you know? Like, it's, it's, it's got some stumpy ass legs and, and there's no keeping it off the fucking bed, you know? You're looking at it, it's on a mission. So we can't even fuck without the dog, like, you know, like being up there sticking its nose up my ass, you know, like, you know? It's like waiting, waiting for this fucking cum. And, uh, <laughs> and so like we started locking the dog out of the bedroom. That's like before we have sex, the dog is locked out of the room. But then, <laughs> right. And, and then after we have sex, then like I, I open up the door, I let the dog in, and now I start making the dog do tricks. <laughs> because that dog will do fucking anything when I'm holding that fucking, that fucking, <laughs> that load in the, on the boxers. That dog will fucking like dance around like a fucking ballerina. And, I, <laughs> and that's when I make it do, you know? Like, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and today is a fucking terribly sad day because, uh, because today marks the time when it is no more fucking jizz for sweet little Olive. <laughs> gonna be nothing to wipe <laughs> that shit's getting dumped <laughs> i'm never letting that dog lick me again <laughs> the thing comes over is like licking my hand right. dude that's gonna be a dope bit huh uh that's that's hilarious dude yeah oh my goodness 100 true too um so <laughs> wow man thank you uh so much for coming on the show do you want to do you want to plug any uh final things no i just want you to uh to break off the the sax part and uh, and like text it to me as a file or something, All so right. I can so I can work on that and make it a, a funny bit. Cool, not a problem, uh, Scott. Yeah, thanks thank so much for, for coming me. on the show. Do you want to plug anything, buddy? Onpointlifestyle.com. Onpointlifestyle.com, or you can follow me on Instagram at scottrandolph83. Awesome guys. Well, thank you so much for coming All on right, the show. Love you guys. Yeah, let's do a photo. Bye. <laughs> Jamal, 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 Jamal,